Welcome to Counsel the Word, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. I'm your host, Keith Palmer, and today we're going to be talking about biblical counseling and evangelism. All Christians are called by Jesus in His Great Commission to go and make disciples of all the nations. Evangelism is the privilege and responsibility of all Christians everywhere. And I'm thankful to be with my friend and CBCD staff teacher, Jason Cruz, today. Jason is the administrator of Calvary Bible Church in Fort Worth, Texas, and a certified counselor with ACBC. Both of our churches have free community counseling ministries that seek to reach out to the lost and hurting in our areas with the gospel of Jesus. And we both found that biblical counseling has really contributed greatly to the church's call to fulfill the Great Commission. So Jason, so good to have you back here again, and I'm eager to have this conversation with you about evangelism. So maybe we just start by thinking, um, how does a commitment to biblical counseling help us in our churches to fulfill the Great Commission? Yeah, thank you, Keith. It's good to be here with you. Um, you know, something we've noted from probably when we first started our biblical counseling ministry here at Calvary is that, and this was not really expected, but the biblical counseling ministry has become our most effective evangelism ministry. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is uh, we've seen more opportunities to minister the gospel to unbelievers in a sustained way through the counseling ministry than other um, very intentional ways in which we practice evangelism. We have a ministry that goes downtown uh, Fort Worth regularly to share the gospel in Sundance Square and other locations down there. And they do great work. Uh, We're grateful to be able to proclaim uh, the gospel in that way. But the opportunities we have when we go down there are pretty momentary, you know, maybe five minutes, maybe maybe a 30-minute conversation every once in a while, but follow-up is difficult, if not impossible. It's unlikely people end up at the church uh, as a result of that outreach. But what we found with the counseling ministry is that uh, the lost and hurting, as you said, uh, tend to come to us, uh, and they're very open. Unlike someone we, we approach uh, just randomly on the street, they're looking for answers. They come to us looking for uh, answers to their suffering, answers to what they might not identify as sin, uh, but but pretty clearly is, and we get the chance to minister uh, the gospel of Christ to them and give them hope and encouragement and and point them to Christ. And we've seen uh, many uh, people come to know Christ uh, because of that uh, that outreach. Mm-hmm. So in terms of evangelism, it's been uh, a very fruitful ministry for our church. You know, we've really found the same thing in terms of strategy. We really didn't set out to make our community counseling ministry one of the key attempts to do evangelism, although we, we wanted it to do that. But yeah, we found it to be very effective as well. And, um, you know, we have the advantage, you know, we live here in the South in the Bible Belt where there's still sort of a respect for the church and, uh, you know, some, you know, comfort with the gospel, even if it's a cultural version. So people are not as reluctant to go to the church for help than maybe in other parts of the country, and I think that helps us. But on the other hand, you know, in a, in a psychotherapeutic culture where everything is professionalized and a fee for service is the way you get counseling, we know there are people whose insurance plans run out or they're uninsured, and uh, hey, you know, we're the best deal in town, is what I say, right? You know, where people will say, well, I've tried everything else, I'm out of money, maybe this church that I heard about will help, and, and what a great honor that is 
to open the word of God with hurting people that, that maybe uh, have never heard the gospel before, or maybe they've heard it, but they haven't trusted Christ. Um, but it really is a strategic opportunity that uh, we've seen in our churches. So It is, yeah. And what you said there reminded me of uh, a recent PDI, uh, which, what does that stand for? Personal data inventory. The Con- documents. It's a counseling intake paperwork. Yes, right the now. counseling intake paperwork that we use. And uh, recently started a new case and, and reviewing that PDI. One of the questions we ask on there is Have you been to counseling elsewhere? And uh, as I was reviewing this PDI, I saw that the answer was yes uh, for this individual. And it asks what the outcome of that was. And there was one word there expensive. <laughs> That's really true. That's really true. You know, maybe one other thing, thinking about how, how a commitment to biblical counseling helps us with evangelism. When you read the Gospels, so often you see our Lord Jesus engaging people in the milieu of life, in the life issues that are going on. Um, and obviously, he's the Son of God. He has that divine foreknowledge that, that allows him to know people perfectly. But I think even by way of analogy, we see that connecting the gospel to people through life problems, through what they're going through, is really a very biblical way to do evangelism. And uh, so as biblical counselors, what we're trying to do is we're trying to connect the life problems of people to the gospel. Um, Sometimes, uh, you know, we we approach the gospel in sort of a canned, you know, step one, step two approach. And there's nothing wrong with that, and, and God, you know, blesses that. But I think if we can connect the gospel to the struggles of life. Now you may have somebody who's listening to the gospel with very different ears. They're interested because they're saying, hey, there's something going on in my life, and if there's something in this gospel message with this this Jesus person that can help me with that, well, they might hear differently, and that might lead uh, to very good responses. Well, let's think also, uh, Jason, what are some ways uh, that the counseling training and ministry in your church has helped the church to be more effective in evangelism. I know we're, we're here recording this at a biblical counseling training event at your church, Calvary Bible Church. And um, so I know training is a big part of what you do uh, here at your church as well as my church. But how has the training itself and the ministry itself helped our churches uh, in terms of being effective in evangelism? Yeah, I can say at Calvary, I apart from... Um bringing in people to be counseled uh, who need the Lord, who may not be believers. Uh, Certainly every week we have visitors showing up uh, who have um, within a range of of knowledge of the gospel. Uh, And some of them may be believers, some of them may not be. But they very quickly can tell uh, that our people here have been trained uh, in a way that's different from a lot of other places. They sense the um, intentionality with Scripture uh, as sufficient for whatever comes up in conversation. You know, um, one of the things that the elders here will encourage on a Sunday morning is that uh, as we have opportunity after the service or in between uh, Sunday school and the service, uh, that we take the opportunity to just speak together and, and talk to each other and ask about prayer requests or things that we anticipate in the week coming up, uh, any needs that might come up. And as we do that, just to remember that uh, whether it's a difficult thing that comes up or something that's an opportunity to rejoice, that uh, Scripture tells us something about how we can respond to that. And with visitors, with people we might not know very well, people who are fairly new to the church, uh, that counselor training that that has uh, 
many of our people here have been a part of the counselor training, and that reflects on the way that they treat people who come uh, and the way that they evaluate those situations and the way they can tell, you know, maybe this is an opportunity to, to minister the gospel uh, for, for, for the first time to someone who hasn't understood the gospel previously. Uh, another benefit I think that we've seen even here just this weekend preparing for the conference, uh, if we have people who've not been visiting very long uh, or people even we might meet at Starbucks nearby, it's just an opportunity to say, hey, listen, we provide this uh, counseling training and I, I have an opportunity to offer to you to come at a discount or even for free. Uh, and I know, you know, they may not sit and, and hear much from me in five minutes at Starbucks, but they can come to the, to the sessions here and they'll get the gospel. And they'll, they'll if they listen, they can, they can start to get some idea of the sufficiency of scripture for the issues of life. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've seen similar things in our church. Um, I mean, first of all, the, the biblical counseling training that our churches are offering um, is really, it's just such good discipleship material. It emphasizes, uh, I know, a, a, a key part of your philosophy here too, what we call every member ministry, where we want every believer to be actively involved in ministering the gospel, in helping apply the gospel to life problems. Um, and the training really both equips and challenges our people to do that. Equips in the sense that people often say, well, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. And so the training hopefully helps them to, to gain a comfort level in terms of knowledge of that. But also a reminder that this is our calling from God. It, it's not an optional uh, calling. It's something he calls us to do and expects us to do. Uh, and so that, that bolsters the motivation, I think, in that regard. Well, Jason, let's talk about what evangelism looks like actually in the counseling room. So let's say you're meeting with somebody and uh, their counseling intake paperwork and your initial evaluation is this is probably somebody that doesn't know Jesus. What do you do? How do you handle a situation like that? Yeah, that's a, that is a particular challenge in the counseling room and something that was, I don't know if I want to say drilled into us, but Dr. Street did a good job of emphasizing for us that all counseling is pre-counseling or evangelism until that person comes to know the Lord. And a key text in that regard, and one that I think is good to keep in mind uh, when we're tempted to uh, sort of put the cart before the horse, so to speak, is from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, starting with verse 14. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. And that text really, I think, captures uh, the, the impossibility of counseling someone or imparting spiritual knowledge, biblical wisdom, uh, to someone who does not know Christ. And, and like you mentioned, Keith, at the beginning of the podcast, each of us is called, no matter the context, to minister the gospel and to be a... Uh, a faithful follower of Christ and to make followers of Christ. And so, yeah, we want to be concerned and we are concerned about people's problems and their pain and suffering and the ways that sin is complicating their lives. But in terms of helping them practically, from a spiritual perspective, from a biblical perspective, there is no help uh, apart from the gospel of Christ, apart from faith in him and repentance that comes with that. That's right. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think one thing I try to say in a situation like that where I have an unbeliever in front of me and I'm trying to minister to them is to help them to see that what they're seeing as their life problems are really just symptoms of their greatest problem, their, their alienation from their creator God. And the solution to their life problems 
is really not found so much in you know addressing the life problems directly, although we want to, we want to get to that, but in helping them to address the root, which is to help them to be reconciled to their God in Christ. That uh, uh, sometimes the term is used. They really have a worship disorder. And uh, if you look at a text like Romans chapter 1, verses 18 and following, how that, that uh, turning from the Creator to worship and serve the creature, that worship disorder that all fallen human beings do, leads to that, that little list of vices at the end of Romans 1, which we would say, well, those are normal life counseling problems, right? But those, according to the text, are really just the effect of that rejection of God. And of course, then the solution is to be reconciled to God in Christ. And I think... Um, again, we have an advantage maybe here in North Texas, a little more conservative, where people are less reluctant to come to a church. They might be familiar with the gospel, but they've never really thought about the gospel as something that is designed to affect real change in their life. It, there's an e easy believism. There may be a, uh, um, a superficial understanding, may, maybe a genuine church going even, but, but they are not really truly following Christ, and it's not transforming their life. And, and what a privilege to sort of reintroduce them to a truly biblical gospel and then to call them to repent and believe in Jesus uh, under the guise of they've come to ask about life problems, and we're helping them to see, well, that's just the symptom. This is the real issue. Absolutely. You mentioned uh, a few minutes ago about how we have the example of our wonderful counselor, the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I will think about that, and of course I should think about that in the counseling room mm -hmm. routinely, but in terms especially of how you mentioned uh, that you can give sort of a, a formulaic gospel presentation, and the Lord, the Lord often uses that and blesses that as a methodology, but then I think about Jesus running into someone like the rich young ruler, and uh, kind of like probably many people that we would run into in North Texas, and in other contexts also, uh, thought he was a believer, um, saw his law-keeping as something that would recommend him to God, and Jesus uh, just saw some things about him. I mean, it's always an interesting question, did Jesus access his omniscience? And, and that's a whole other, that's a whole <laughs> that's other question. Podcast, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think what we do know from texts like that is Jesus saw what was going on with him and saw his circumstances and discerned what his love was. And like you said, worship disorder. That man worshipped his money. And so much, I mean, we are prone to that in a, in a culture where we have access to so many comforts and so many of us have padded bank accounts and, and jobs that more than provide our needs. Uh, we could be just like that rich young ruler and, and be tempted to walk away sad. And that's going to be the thing is for the counselor to see what is it that has this, maybe I won't say counselee's heart, but this pre-counselee's heart. Uh, what is it that has uh, captured their affections uh, and is the thing that their heart is tempted to hold on to instead of clinging to Christ and seeing him as their hope? Mm -hmm. That's really true. Okay, so case scenario. So you're, you sit down to counsel, a brand new counselee, you conclude uh, based on talking to that person that they're probably not a believer. And, and you present the gospel to them as, as every Christian ought to. No, no, no faithful Christian would ever withhold the gospel, right? Especially from somebody coming for counseling. That, that's, the, that's the answer. That's the solution. And so we meet with them. It is properly called pre-counseling or evangelism because no fundamental change is really going to happen apart from conversion. What do you do when they don't repent? What do you do when, for whatever reason, they don't, they don't respond initially? How do you handle a situation like that? Patiently. 
well said. <laughs> in one word, yes. You know, that's that is the kind of situation where it's it's tempting to want to jerk the wheel. Um, you know, and I think you know patience and caution are in order there. Uh, sometimes you could be dealing with someone who's something of a scoffer uh, and is going to scoff at the idea that scripture is sufficient. I've, I've had experiences where uh, maybe a counselee was coming because it was being required of him or her by a spouse uh, in order to, to keep something worse from happening in the home. Uh, so the motivation to be there is not necessarily to glorify God through repentance and obedience, but some other motivation. Now, of course, I also want to keep in mind in that situation, this is still an opportunity to minister the hope of the gospel and to continue to point them to Christ and to seek to persuade them uh, that the gospel is uh, for them and that they do need to repent and that God is calling them to repent. Uh, so as I have opportunity, I'll try to keep that balance uh, between the idea of casting pearls before swine, but the idea of uh, calling a sinner uh, to repentance, because that's what we're told to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think there's a caricature along with that, that biblical counselors you know, kind of meet with an unbeliever one time, they present the gospel, they call them to repentance, and if they don't trust Jesus, it's like, okay, next counselee. And, uh, and I, know, I know there are different convictions in terms of how you're going to handle that, but, but I think one thing I would want to clear up is that, that that's, that's not what most biblical counselors, at least I know of, uh, that's not what the, how they would handle it. I think it's a privilege to continue to meet with somebody in an ongoing way who needs Christ and, and, and even to have um, more of a, a season of ministry to them, whereas that you're talking about going down to downtown Fort Worth and you, know, you may have a few minutes with somebody, but to have you know, an hour, a couple hours each week with somebody to be able to really unpack the gospel, really answer their questions, um, you know, unfold doctrine in a more particular way. Um, so my policy is as long as somebody is willing to meet with me and do the assignments that I'm giving them, you know, we're inviting them to our church so they're exposed to other believers, they can, they can uh, be exposed to good theology, good preaching to the people of God. Um, we're giving them scriptures to read, we're asking them to read gospel tracts, and then what I try to do in that is, assuming they do those, I'll continue to meet with them and calling them to put their faith and trust in Christ. Um, and, and I think a strategy with that is to just keep connecting the problems they see in their life back to the gospel and back to a biblical worldview, calling them to see that as really the root cause of what's going on. And again, you know, uh, it's up to the Lord what will happen ultimately, but I think that is a way we can be faithful to the gospel uh, by ministering to people uh, in that way. Well, why should others, uh, Jason, listening to the podcast, consider this idea of biblical counseling as a key component of their evangelism strategy? Why is that a good thing to think about? Well, I think like we've, we've kind of discussed already, uh, opportunities for the gospel can be very pronounced in the midst of struggle. And uh, it's in the midst of struggle that people tend to be the most motivated to seek counseling. And so if they're going to show up at someone's door in the midst of uh, a situation that's particularly fertile for the gospel, it's, it's entirely likely that it's going to be in a context where they're seeking counsel. And so to be a certified counselor, to be a, a certified uh, training center or a place where there are certified counselors on staff as a church, that has really drawn 
to Calvary Bible Church, a lot of folks who are in situations where, you know, maybe it's not clear whether or not they're believers, maybe it's clear that they're unbelievers, uh, but they're in a situation where they're asking for help. They're asking, really, maybe they don't know, but they're asking to be pointed to the Savior. And so it creates a, a wonderful evangelism opportunity. Yeah, I agree with that. We see the same thing in our church. Uh, and I think, too, that you know, biblical counseling is not this sort of appendage to the church, this formal ministry of, of specially trained people. And you know, if anybody in the problem, anybody in the church has a problem, you know, we send them to the experts. That's not the biblical vision. Biblical counseling is the intensive expression of a discipleship strategy that infiltrates the whole church. It's the DNA of the church. It's the culture of the church. And we want discipleship, the speaking the truth in love, the practicing of the New Testament, one another passages to happen at all levels in our churches. So when you think about how does a philosophy like that help evangelism, I, I think it helps, at least in our church, in the sense of, you know, if, if there's a member of our church and we have trained them in our church, we've equipped them with this vision that if, if they're talking to their neighbor at home and their neighbor needs Christ and a life problem comes up, rather than say, hey, our church has a counseling ministry, why don't you go there, although that may be appropriate, we want them to be able to engage them in an evangelistic way with that life problem. And so it's not just, you know, here's the plan of salvation or here's John 3.16, I'll go, again, that, that's helpful. But in the normal course of life of loving neighbor those life issues arise through relationship. And I think biblical counseling training gives a, a perspective and, and some, um, some fuel and principles to be able to take that and actually turning it into a meaningful evangelistic opportunity. And, uh, and I, think, I think that's one of the things we've seen uh, happen in our church um, that, that really is awesome. Yeah, like Paul said to the church in Rome in uh, Romans 15, that he was confident that uh, they were able to admonish one another or competent to counsel. Right. And uh, that's something that uh, has been often repeated here at Calvary, that you're, you are a counselor. People are going to come to you with questions, and you're probably going to give some counsel or some advice. The question is, what kind of counselor, what kind of advice are you going to give? Uh, and I know another thing we've often said, and I'm not sure where we got this, is that we don't want to be a church with a counseling ministry. We want to be a church of biblical counselors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and similar to what you've said, uh, I think creating that culture, that expectation here, that um, however we, we respond to a question of what should I do about this problem, what can I do with this concern, that uh, the people here, that the members of Calvary Bible Church will be quick to respond with application of the gospel, that uh, whether it's a question of what must I do to be saved or what should I do about my two-year-old who's misbehaving, the answer is uh, there's, there's hope in the sufficiency of Scripture and in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Jason, for uh, taking a few minutes to, to be on the podcast today. And uh, we just pray that our churches, our people will continue to be faithful to evangelism, to take that great commission. And uh, hopefully uh, this conversation has been encouraging to those that are listening. Amen. Thank you, Keith. Thank you for listening to Counsel the Word, the podcast of the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. CBCD strives to be a blessing to pastors, local churches, and individual believers by providing discipleship and biblical counseling-related training and resources to help address the challenging problems of life. For more information, please visit the CBCD website at thecbcd.org.